Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you? What the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fuck nicks? What's happening? Huh? What is happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast. I want to uh, to acknowledge a lot of the feedback I got last week uh, about talking about sobriety. And and look, I I can't answer all of your emails. But you're welcome. You know, if you got anything out of this show that helped you stay sober for even a day, uh, I'm, I'm grateful to be of service. I don't feel that I am of service enough in uh, the day-to-day. You know, Sometimes I don't feel that I attend enough uh, meetings. Sometimes I don't. I'm always in touch with sober people. I, just, uh, I went to uh, a thing the other night. My buddy uh, Jerry gave me a cake, as they say in the biz, in the racket in the secret club, in the secret society, the Illuminati. Uh, it was good to speak a bit at one of those things. But look, I, any way that I help you, I am happy to hear about it, and I'm happy that it has that effect. So you're welcome, all of you that reached out after that. I appreciate uh, hearing from you. Today, I'm going to talk to Christina Ricci. Uh, it was interesting. Like I watched that show. I watched all of those Yellow Jackets in order to prepare uh, for talking to her. I've seen her movies, obviously, many of them. She's been acting professionally since she was eight years old, and a lot of people remember her from the Adams Family movies, or when she got older from movies like uh, The Ice Storm and Buffalo '66 and Monster, Monster, right? The latest show uh, is a Showtime series I just mentioned, Yellow Jackets. She just got an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a drama series. So she came up and we we got her and I talked to her and it was great. It was actually uh, nice to meet her and nice to talk to her. New tour dates for November and December. This is me, my tour. Oklahoma City at the Tower Theater, Wednesday, November 2nd. Dallas, Texas at the Majestic Theater, Thursday, November 3rd. San Antonio at the Tobin Center for the Performing Arts, Friday, November 4th. And Houston at the Cullen Theater at Wortham Center, Saturday, November 5th. Then Eugene, Oregon at the Holt Center for Performing Arts, Friday, November 18th. And Bend, Oregon at Tower Theater, Saturday, November 19th. And in December, I'm in Asheville, North Carolina at the Orange Peel, Friday, December 2nd. And Nashville, Tennessee at the James K. Polk Theater, Saturday, December 3rd. All of those shows will have a pre-sale this Wednesday, August 17th, starting at 10 a.m. and going through Thursday. The password is TIME, T-I-M-E. 
Go to WTFPod.com slash tour for links and information. I'll be in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska on Thursday. Uh, Des Moines, Iowa on Friday. That's this week. Iowa City on Saturday. Go to WTFPod.com slash tour for tickets to those dates. I'm excited. I got an old friend in uh, Lincoln. I don't know if he's still alive. I don't know uh, what condition his mental health is. Knew him years ago. Back in the day, had some good times. Then he became a somewhat peculiar anti-Semitic farmer. See if he comes to the show to tell me about the Soros Colossus that holds the world in its hands. Uh, The cats... So there's been a change uh, in the story, it seems. I was really anticipating a, a sort of ongoing revelation and drama with the cats under the deck, but the mommy cat uh, has moved them all. I don't know where she took them. I don't know what made her take them, but they're gone. She's been coming around a bit to eat, so they can't be far. I've looked around. I don't know where they are. The neighbor next door here, the woman who lives next door, is also feeding the mother cat, uh, and also looking for where the kittens are. I don't know if they were all eaten by coyotes. I don't know if she moved them because something spooked her. They were very safe under the deck, but all I can say is that drama is over and that story ends here until they either resurface or, uh, I don't know. I haven't seen the mother today. But in relation to that, I'm happy that I took the one kitten because... We've got a kitten that looks like it's going to be living with me. Kit's got it now and is uh, nursing it. It's three weeks old that I took from under my deck. Not under the deck, under the stairs. Because the mother, I guess, was moving them and left this one sad little guy. And I took him at two weeks old. And we've been nursing it back to, uh, or not back to health. It was healthy. But we've been bottle feeding it. And it's coming around. And it looks like it's going to be Charlie Roscoe. I've given him two names. Charlie Roscoe. Because I'm not sure whether I like Charlie or Roscoe. I'm leaning towards Roscoe today, but I also like Charlie, and then I'll have Buster Sam and Charlie, or Buster Sam and Roscoe. But Charlie Roscoe's doing well. I'll move him over here soon. And uh, look, it just keeps going. I've been looking back at my many lives. I have many lives. And I really do think I'm starting to feel like, look, I obviously I've, I've had one life and I've been the guy in that life. But if you've moved, if you've lived in many different places and there's many different homes that you've had and different elements or different parts of your career, you were a different place. We're all in different places. But, you know, between Boston, New York, San Francisco, Los Angeles twice, New York twice, the different communities I was involved with, the different houses. like It's gotten me going through, and I've gone through calendars before. I did a little of that on Instagram over the pandemic, but I've, I've got, I pulled my calendars out to kind of do what I did with my dad. I don't know if you listen to that. There's We have bonus material now. If you get WTF+, Plus, there's bonus material, and one of those was I brought a bunch of pictures I found uh, from my dad's childhood that I brought to him, and he's got the beginning of dementia. And I showed him those, and it's... Um, it was kind of interesting to see what he was able to, you know, he remembered a lot of it. So now I've, uh, I have I went through my 1991 calendar and just to go through the dates of where I was and what I was doing and what I can remember, what I can't remember, it's sort of fascinating because it's almost, it really is 
was an entirely different life. And I really don't know sometimes how that kid made it through doing what he was doing. But I was fucking driven, man. And I still have the habits. It's it's wild, you know, looking back at those dates and just seeing, you know, doing five, six shows a night in New York, just scrambling. I mean, every night of the week doing at least two sets of comedy. And I still have that work ethic around stand-up. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that for bonus content. If that is incentive for you to get WTF Plus, I would do that because I think I'm gonna do it a bit because I have I have a lot of those notebooks. I'm going through all kinds of stuff because I'm starting to realize that you know, getting older and 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 the contraction, you know, what I think is a natural contraction of. Uh, of ego or something that you you get to a certain age where you, you don't hit a wall but it's almost like you come out of a trance and everything becomes very present and very immediate like i think the sort of arc of youth and the sort of drive that you have on all levels you know whether they're delusional out of necessity uh to sort of keep doing what you're doing i think a lot of people who really engage in a life in the arts have to be willing either consciously or without really thinking about it to make a lot of sacrifices uh, around security around family uh, to choose a sort of selfish life of expression whatever yours is requires a certain delusional disposition so i don't know if this trance thing applies to everybody but there is an element once you hit a certain age where you've just come out of this trance and you realize like okay, well, here I am in, in the present, in this life. I don't have that much time left. And everything is painfully real. What do I do now? And kind of assessing and, and taking an inventory of what you have in your life and how much is necessary, I think is important. And also nostalgic and weird. There's a box upstairs in this garage that, of, of stuff that I wrote and did for publication. I don't have, hardly have any recollection of it. So I'm going to, kind of put together those parts of my life try to get rid of as much as i can i don't know how to have a garage sale but i don't need a lot of the shit i have i'm gonna purge i don't know man we're all in the fucking death throes of some sort of baby boomer ego problem i mean jesus christ there's so many dudes you know original boomers it's just like the death throes they refuse to have the contraction that will pull them out of the trance and they're just flailing and screaming and yelling and bellowing addicted to thinking that they may be relevant entertainers politicians the world is ending because of the inability of the first generation of baby boomers to let their egos contract normally be released from the trance and do what's necessary to stay alive with a certain amount of humility if those were the people that would just get off the fucking stage already so christina ricci uh is in this uh yellow jackets show on showtime uh, season one is currently on demand she's nominated for outstanding supporting actress in a drama series at this year's emmy awards and uh this is me talking to her 
Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. With work on your house, my problem is, like, you commit to it, and then they're like, yeah, it's going to take about a year and a half. Yeah, and then if they say that to you, you know it's three years. <laughs> three years. And I'm like, it makes me anxious. Yeah, I don't like, I, I just want to move someplace and have it be perfect and not have to worry. Yeah, until it starts breaking down on its own. Exactly. <laughs> I'm happy just, to maintain. I don't yeah. want to create my own dwelling. Yeah, I was, when I lived in Highland Park, I had an architect drop plans to do re- redo the house a little bit. There was a beautiful, weird old bungalow, less mm-hmm. than a thousand square feet. And he made, he like made a new house. Like he designed this whole new house and it was going to take a year and a half at least. And I just, I was like, I can't, I can't do it. No, I'm, yeah, Ugh. that's too much. <laughs> but, um, well, what's the, what's the dream house? Where would you like to live? I mean, my dream has always been to live in Malibu. Oh, really? Because I really like the ocean. Yeah, that's a lot of ocean. That's like yeah. everyday ocean. Yes, that's everyday like ocean. Uh, you know, isolated like ocean. Yeah. Well, uh, but I, I mean, I'm I'm fairly I'm fairly isolated anyway. Like I never go. Out. I don't go out very often. No? And I I have people people come to the house. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> if like you're I in Malibu, people will come to your sure. house. Sure. You, well, you better get an extra room. They'll yeah. they'll stay there for yeah. a few days. That's fine. <laughs> they can help watch the baby. <laughs> but uh, so this uh, this show you're on, I I don't usually start with the shows, okay. but uh, but. <laughs> But like, uh, you know, I didn't know what it was. So I'm like, oh, I better check it out so I can talk to her. Mm-hmm. And I watched a whole series. Oh, good. But I was hoping for it to just have closure at the end. And I didn't realize I was watching a first season. I get very used to uh, watching limited series. Yeah. So I'm like, this will resolve itself. And now I'm like, oh, fuck. No. What's going to happen now? There's <laughs> a lot more people involved in this, apparently. Yeah, there are going to be more people. I don't know. You because... don't know? No, I found it um, really... Uh, I find the whole thing with TV where they... Where they, where you have to have a certain job title to yeah. have all the information. Yeah, I, I find that to be, I found it to be frustrating for the first season. Yeah, so I have decided to not allow myself to be beholden to what my character does or needing to know or uh-huh. any of that stuff, so that I will just not be irritated by it. So I don't even ask anymore. <laughs> oh, as to what's going to happen? Yeah. Well, most of the time, I don't know. I've worked on shows in, in, in that. Maybe they don't know. Well, that's the thing, too. They also don't know. <laughs> like, but but I just mean, you know, as an actor on these shows, you're not involved in that aspect of it. I know. So I found it 
easier for me because I have also been an EP on shows yeah. to um, to just for this one be like I'm an actor I am going to learn how to do this without with limited information so that because I can't stand feeling like I can't do something right or being annoyed like right. being annoyed is the bane of my existence <laughs> so and, and, my whole life is avoiding that so yeah. I'm going to learn how to just be good at this so I don't even ask anything and I'm, I'm annoyed just, at not knowing. I guess so. Yeah. I like know, what, or, or what, you what? get attached to your ideas of what should happen, and then they're not the same, and then you're annoyed at, like, oh, my ideal is so much better. Right. Like, right. I don't want to have that. I, I want to just be like, great, so I'm the actor, and this is what you're telling me to do, and sweet, I can yeah. do it. Okay, so that's a, and that's that's the work yes, for you right for now. for me, as a TV actor, it's not to, this it, is my challenge. It's <laughs> not to say, uh, wait, wait, can, can I just ask some questions about what you why you did this this way? So no, I, need to, I need to be completely autonomous be able to figure it out and just yeah. do my job <laughs> yeah i uh it's hard but it's a relief if you can do it exactly and i feel like it'll be so great and freeing when yeah. i'm like have no there's just no issue well, it be, i think the, the the way to do that is realize like well you know this is um it's not all hinging on me do you know what i mean that's the other thing i did start doing that because it's such an ensemble piece right. um right and, yeah, I'm cog. just a little piece of a this, cog. right? And, uh, you know, like, whatever my big ideas were, it's like, why get involved? Just, exactly. Just why, get, one, why get involved? And two, also realizing that you are a cog. It, everything that every character does has to serve the story. Right. And so it's so different than being a film actor because we get to just be, like, obsessed with our characters. Oh, right. Oh, oh. But when, once you're involved in this, you just have... It's really about letting go of ego, I guess, at the end of the day. Right, and just being, like, a worker. Yeah. You know, no matter who you're working with. And yeah. I, I don't know, like... I, I've I've only had a, an experience when I was doing my show on IFC where where I had somebody who was a pain in the ass once uh, an actor and, and, and like wouldn't get out of their trailer because uh, you know a food problem. I'm like, really? <laughs> Fucking people do this? Like, they're not. <laughs> yes, they do. I've seen it quite a lot. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Like, what? What is wrong? But no, and it's always the, the you're just like really about food. It's yeah, always yeah, something like, like really unflattering that they're waiting for. Yeah, like, it's you can find something else. Yeah, or like they're <laughs> or they're late and they don't. I don't. I don't. I really don't. You've got, on some level, like I have a hard time with acting because I just did this thing in Canada where I shot. Like uh, it was three days and there were 14 hour days and I swear I worked two hours of each day mm -hmm. and it drove me fucking nuts. That's what drives me nuts. It's not being on set and making decisions. I'll, if I'm asked for a suggestion, I'll say something, but just sitting around in the trailer, I don't care how many books you have or what your phone is doing. It's just that sedentary shit. That's the whole job is handling that. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a lot of time managing and managing your own brain. And yeah. what do you do? Well, I produce as well, sure. so I generally will have a lot of <laughs> like material to catch up on, and I look for oh, really? IP and stuff. And oh, so you have a production company? Mm -hmm, I do. So you're constantly getting pitches, ideas, no, scripts, No, no, I find things. stuff. You find stuff? People don't come to me. So oh, I, really? I have a couple of things set up that are based on material, like pieces of IP I've found and stuff. With, oh, intellectual property. Yeah, so like you, you're just poking around? Yeah, searching. Yeah, like <laughs> just stuff that interests you? Yeah, I mean, I found some sort of obscure true crime and um, yeah. some other sort of like Hollywood lore stuff, articles Ooh, like and what? things like that. Um, well, I mean... Hollywood lore. Yeah, we're going. I, I, yeah, I'm, I have something, and will ultimately yeah. will be pitching. That okay. Is, well, you don't want to blow, but you yeah. like the old Hollywood shit. I mean, I like a lot. I have a, a, a lot of different things, but you know, I'm. Uh, yeah, I generally. Yeah. yeah, and and this piece is sort of. Um, 
speaks to like the obviously everyone's obsessed with the darker side, the seedy side of right. Hollywood. Yeah. But um, but also speaks to the sort of um, uh, competitive female relationship that existed. Oh, really? And what dynamics year? at the time. It's um, like the 30s, 40s. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. You, you realize when you watch those old movies, like these people, you know, were just like us, horrible actor people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, 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 the business was even smaller and more competitive and weird. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, like and that no one had access. And, yeah, because yes. no one had access to it. It wasn't like today where everyone's up your ass. Right, it was just a couple people who yeah. controlled everything. Right, and, yeah. and then there's like these fixers that cleaned everything up. Mm-hmm. Those are the fascinating ones to me, the fixers. Yeah. You have the people really that worked for the studios yep. and just sort of like, all right, leave. We'll take care of the body. Get the press out of here. I know. It's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. It but must that, have been a really frightening environment. Nice houses, though. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> and if, if you make it through, <laughs> really worth it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened to a lot of those old actors. And I guess it's it's all sort of the same. So wait. So now you're on set and you're not, uh, you're, you're not going to like, you know, uh, you're just going to work. You're just going to be no, but actor. it's not like that. I mean, no, no, I am no, also, I know. you know. No, I get it, but like, uh, I was just trying to get back to that because, like, there must be something also rewarding. I mean, how is everybody you're working with? I mean, I've interviewed Great. Juliet and I've interviewed Melanie. Um, I don't know Tawny, but uh, but I was like audibly laughing at you. And no, it's a funny character. <laughs> no, it is. And, it and is the, really funny. It, like, and just it's really the dynamic between you and Juliet is hilarious. And I don't know if that if they knew that, but there's just something about the two personalities. Like you're a control freak, and she's like, Bleh, and it's funny. Yeah. No. And we fell into a really fun dynamic as well that I think carries over into the scenes. We, you know, she's a lot like me as an actor, just very reactive within the scene. So we ended up doing things that were very that that I. Think think then informed the the writing for yeah for future episodes so they were writing as you were shooting well i mean yes yeah yeah that's good yeah that's and, always good because they don't know what they're going to get out of a cast and if they can sort of or see maybe just they, adjusting i'm sure they sure. have their scripts yeah 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 but like it's like good that they can see how you guys kind of and and what how what was the process of of aging the younger actress i mean how did you did you start with her performance or did you guys do it together we kind of did it together i mean we, we what's her name samantha yeah. and Raddy. yeah we um we met before the season but just once for yeah. lunch and yeah. we discussed the references she'd been given versus uh-huh. the ones that i'd been given and um because that i feel like that's really informative because they were giving her corrective sort of references based on her personality and me the other ones because yeah. she's actually naturally this like incredibly bubbly vegan animal loving really? like just like exuberant uh-huh. and i am the opposite uh-huh. <laughs> and so they were so by looking at the the different references we were being given by references you mean what movies other people's performances oh, okay. things of that things okay. like that yeah. we were kind of it gives you a better idea of in general what they kind of want the overall character sure. to be and then she and i discussed sort of how she would be playing her and then how I would be playing the character based on the 30 years of basically like squeezing yeah. of life in between. So uh-huh. so that was it. And then, you know, people keep bringing up that our gestures are very were very similar, but we never rehearsed or practiced or... And you didn't get to watch her performance before No, we you... would watch, um, we would do Zoom script read-throughs. Okay. So I would hear her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or, you know, see her perform yeah. that. But the physicality we never saw. Um, but I think that just speaks to really the strength of the writing and the strength Probably. of the characterization in yeah, general. Yeah, yeah. So what references were they giving her? 
She got ones like um, "Welcome to the Dollhouse." Okay, yeah, and um, and I don't want to overstep yeah. by speaking about someone sure. else's character. Sure, sure. But they sort of spoke to more of like a, a blankness in the personality uh-huh. when she was younger, uh-huh. and then so that was helpful for me because then I was sort of like, oh, okay, then we can literally color in. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what were your references? Uh, my references, uh, well, they didn't give me any film references. Okay. Um, but we talked a lot about different things. And one of the th- characters that we talked about in the beginning that I was so uh, intrigued by was um, the, the, oh my God, Sheila yeah. from Wild Wild Country. Okay. The documentary yeah, about yeah. Oh, the cults. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this idea of like how right. she was, she's adorable, uh-huh. that woman. <laughs> yeah. Adorable, but yeah. so full of like rage and hate and yeah, yeah. bitterness. Right. And so I loved that idea. And yeah. it's like, well, she's always smiling when she's angry and all that <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah. I, I'm obsessed with, I love passive aggression. Yeah. Like it's my favorite. <laughs> I hate confrontation. Well, I'm actually also very confrontational, yeah. but I really like love it. I Are you passive art. aggressive? Yes, I am. Oh, really? I'm a small woman. In yeah. public, yeah. If I want to express that I'm unhappy, it yeah. has to be like <laughs> quietly, a, like like, like it, you, you know what I mean. It has to be like sure. a nasty, smiley kind of like. Oh, right. did you need to stand right here, yeah, right yeah. where I am right now? <laughs> oh, okay, sorry, sir. <laughs> like that. You know, that's how I'm too small. I can't actually yeah. be hostile. <laughs> well, sure, you can. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's yeah. Just safer, but have feels you, less risky. You can always say, "No, no, I meant it." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh no, you're misunderstanding. It's the cowardly approach sure. to confrontation. <laughs> But do you do you find sometimes you get misread? Yes, yes, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, like what what did I do? Like nothing. I don't know why. You like yeah. that kind of thing. Like were you not really being passive aggressive, but people think you are? Yes, that happens. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Apparently, when I compliment people, they think I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> it's really been a problem my whole life. <laughs> yeah, really, really, you're just sort of like, hey, good job. Are you fucking with me? No. Yeah, I remember going up to Matt LeBlanc at the Golden Globes when I was 23, and just yeah. being like, oh my god, I love your show so I love the show so much. Yeah. I love you. I think you're so great. And he literally thought I was make, being a jerk. <laughs> and my boyfriend at the time had to be like, no, 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 man. She really, really loves friends. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, and it, it's happened to me many times throughout my life. Yeah, I think that like when people have a, a, a sense or they think they know you yes. or that you're the kind of person that they've, they've projected a personality onto you based on whatever work they know, they make assumptions. Yeah. You know, and that happens to me all the time. Yeah, like sure. they, they, people just assume that I don't want to do things or that I'm, I'm acting too smart or right. whatever. Right, I was about to say they probably think you're too smart for everything. And I'm just sort of like, why? I just, no, I don't. I, <laughs> I, I'm probably not going to go, but it's not because yeah. I'm too smart. But I'm ask just, me anyway. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. But like with Jew. With Juliet Lewis, I mean, you guys sort of had a similar kind of. You've been in the business since you were kids. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we've had a very similar, and it, it pretty much the same time. Yeah, did you um, work together ever before? We never worked together. I was actually obsessed with her when I was a teenager. Wait, for which one? Which thing? Natural Born Killers. Oh yeah, 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 yeah right, 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 right. I was okay. Like, yeah, fourteen or something when that it's came so out. It's wild, right? Yeah. yeah, she's it's intense. Yeah, and I remember working with a PA who had just worked with her, and I was just like, "Tell me everything. What does she eat? <laughs> what does she wear to work? <laughs> yeah. yeah, everything I wanted to know." And then, did you meet each other over the years? Yeah, or? we like we're in similar circles in LA. So I I went to one of her birthday parties, but I didn't really know her uh-huh. and um, things like that. And then um, we we met on set. On the pilot, really, for the first like real time for Yellow Jackets. For Yellow Jackets, yeah. And then we stayed in touch while we were waiting to see if we got picked up and all that stuff. Yeah. And then yeah, and so we yeah we've been in touch about all and all the um 
You're pals now. Yeah, and all the adults, at, like all four of us, we're all in touch, and we have like a Marco Polo group. And oh, really? Well, that's and nice. That well, stuff. I mean, you're all like, well, I guess Melanie's with an actor. Yes, Jason. He's a good actor. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, what's what's your husband do? My husband is a hairdresser. He oh, does hair for fashion and oh. uh, yeah, well, that's good like to campaigns have campaigns and shows. That's and stuff. good to have around. Yes, it's been <laughs> yeah helpful at times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh so when did what was the first like when did you start I mean I know start acting yeah oh when I was seven seven mm-hmm. I started doing commercials and TV and stuff where were you I was in New York I lived in New Jersey at the time but you were born out here I was born here but then we moved uh, to Montauk Long Island I lived there for four years and then moved to New Jersey and that's where I was sort of discovered I guess. what was all the moving why Long Island then Jersey my dad had a crazy business thing that happened and so we actually were all like a big idea no he was in a business yeah and something happened and so we had to leave la in the middle of the night really yeah all four kids three dogs is this a witness protection thing that you can't talk about? no it was like a a bad partnership that went wrong oh yeah i think he had done something that they knew about oh okay so (laughs) he was being held over maybe someone's head wow but I don't know because you know, as a kid, those things are never. So made you're on clear. the run, though. You're, it was clear that you, you were on the run. <laughs> well, I don't think it's normal to move in the middle of the night. But yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, and but that's we, when you went to Long we Island. Some, yeah, this uh, we had a summer house in Montauk, and so oh, we, we so that drove was there. across country right. and moved there, and then um, eventually, I we ended up. I ended up in New Jersey with my family and. Was we, discovered in school play. What part of New Jersey? Montclair. Oh yeah, that's not far. I grew up. Well, I didn't grow up. I was born in Jersey. But oh my, nice. Yeah, but my I think my cousins went to what was isn't there Montclair Academy or yeah, something? Yeah, MKA. Yeah, private school there. Yeah, that's. I think that's where my cousins went. Oh fun. Yeah. So do you, do you like Jersey? I actually do. I right? really I really liked living there. Montclair yeah. was a beautiful town. It's, I had a great. I had a nice little childhood there. And, and you have like nine brothers and sisters? No, I have I have two brothers and a sister. Are they all younger? No, I'm the youngest. You are? Yeah. How are they all doing? They're doing great. Everybody's doing good. Are they in show business? No. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> nope. You're the only one? <laughs> yeah. I'm the only one. And uh, is you, are your folks still around? My father's dead, but my mom is around and is at, we're very, we're pretty close. She's at the house like every Oh, so she's out here. Week. Yeah. And you got kids, so that's yes. good. Mm-hmm. She comes to see the baby. And that works? Twice a week. Yeah. yeah. And my son, of course. You got, how old is the son? My son is about to be eight. And wow. then I have an eight month old. What's, so how does uh, the kids thing, like, you know, given that, I have to assume, Probably, I, you know, I'm sure it's been assumed before. I mean, if you started acting at seven, you, you know, I, how much of a childhood did you have, really, if you think about well, it? Well, I was really good at compartmentalizing. Yeah. The first time I went to, I went and shot a movie when I was nine. It was my first movie. And I came back, and the first day back, I started talking about what I had been doing. And immediately, it was just like, uh, everybody shut down, and no one wanted what, to hear what it. What, kids and, your age, you mean? Yeah, and they felt like I was bragging, or it was just made me immediately a weirdo. Really? And so I never spoke about it again. I would leave for three months at a, t- at a time, come back, no one would ask me what I'd been doing, and I would never talk about it. But didn't they eventually start seeing you in They movie? did, but they still never spoke to me about it. Huh. It was really interesting. They're the same kids I'd been going to school with since I was like six years old, until I got to high school, and... um just no one ever talks about it. So I was kind of able to go and have two separate lives in a way. But so they they judged you, but they didn't hold you. Uh, they didn't think you were. They got along with you still. You yeah, still it was like as friends. long as I didn't bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> it was okay. 
So I was kind of really able to just like go do work and come home and just be a kid and yeah, yeah, for and a wh- while, for a while, until I hit high school, and then it became really difficult. And what? Whose idea was it to act? Uh, uh, well, the pr- well, I mean, only the person who discovered me yeah. really. My mother had been a model uh, from the time she was quite young, a child model, and then a teenage or twenty-seven model. Whatever. Really? And she did not Magazines like the way she was treated. Yeah. So every single one of the kids in my family was scouted, but because I'm the last one. She always said no. So, but because I'm the last one, my oldest brother at that point was like 13. Yeah. And he was just like, you should definitely let her try this. Like, right. why would you say no? So she was sort of pressured by the older kids, and I was the only one who was really allowed to like go and try it. What do you mean scouted? How does that happen? Somebody comes up and is like, your kid is amazing. I'm a casting director. We think you should blah, blah, blah. In my case, it was somebody who's uh, who was very close with um, a manager for children yeah. and whose son also was already acting. And where'd they see you? I was in a school play. And was that the same with the other siblings? No, they would just be like out. and Really? Yeah, approach. They just... <laughs> We all kind of, the thing is, yeah. all the kids in my family kind of look exactly the same, and we were all incredibly verbal as children, right? and very, I think, outgoing, Yeah. so that's the kind of kid that does get scouted. Right, but like, I just picture these scouts are just driving around. They're just all over the place, Yeah, and they just waiting. see a school, and they're like, where's some? <laughs> I don't think it happens as much anymore, but I guess that it's an old-fashioned type of thing, the so, scouting. But like, where'd they see your brothers? I don't know. Just uh, out? Out places? They, they weren't in a play or anything? I don't have the details. Oh, it's so wild. That <laughs> seems so random to me. Like, did you see scouts around? Then you got to, like, meet with your parents? It's true. I don't know. Yeah. I've never, I've never gone, I've never asked any detailed <laughs> questions about the, what happened with the other ones. But they didn't end up doing anything. No. My mom always said no. That, oh, she drew a line. And she said no with me, too. But then they said, no, 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 it's not fair. You have to let her try. Because she was afraid based she, on her life? Yes, based on her experience. In modeling. Which was yeah. awful, I guess, even back then. Yeah, and she said, and they said to her, "Well, it's got to be different. And she's a kid, and it's yeah. not like she's going to be a model." So, they let me try, and this is what happened. What What specifically was your mom afraid of? Do you think, in terms of like? I just think the whole thing. Yeah, being objectified, having to maintain a look, a weight, and all that shit. Yeah, and she has really funny. Like, if you ask my mom, is yeah. very funny. Yeah. And I used to ask her why she hated modeling so yeah. much. And wasn't it fun? And you were a model during the time of Andy Warhol and all right. this stuff. And was she, she in New York during that yes. time? Yes. And so I asked her about this when I was a yeah. teenager. And she was like, oh, no, it was terrible. You couldn't go anywhere. There were all these parties where they would drug models and make them have sex with dogs. So apparently that's what she was afraid of. The dogs. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a, that sounds like one of those urban myths that was just enough to keep her at home. Kept those ladies at home in their apartments. Yep. Was she like a big model? No, no. Uh, I mean, not like a huge model. She was a mod. She was, you know, at the time of mod yeah. style. And she was um, the same size as Twiggy. So she was tiny. Twiggy's U.S. fit model. Really? So they'd like fit all the clothes on her before Twiggy would fly oh. in and stuff like that. I, I know, guess that's kind but, of bittersweet. But Did she know Twiggy? Yeah, and I think, I think she, I, I, I know that. I mean, I I feel like she's proud of her yeah. modeling work. So, what play were you doing when you got the big break? It was an interpretation of the song "The Twelve Days of Christmas." Okay. So it was like an interpretation, like, a, like yeah, an artistic, like avant-garde interpretation. I don't. It wasn't terribly <laughs> avant-garde. Yeah. It was like four kids in the yeah. corner of a stage. T- one of them's complaining about what they got for Christmas. Yeah. Like all they wanted was a basketball. Yeah. And, 
on the first day I got, and then like yeah, yeah. the second grade class would come out and do a dance about two turtle doves and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> not mm-hmm. not cutting edge. Not cutting edge. I will say the way I got the lead was a little advanced. Yeah. Um, I used to, well, not used to, but I I was upset that I didn't get the lead in the play because yeah. I felt the second we started exploring acting, I felt like I just knew what to do and I yeah. was naturally really good at this. And yeah. the lead was a boy and it annoyed me that it had to be a boy. And so I, I provoked the boy into hitting me and then I told on him yeah. and I got the lead. And they pushed him out. Yeah. Wow, that's that's almost like mob stuff. I, was, I mean, I, and what's weird is that I always look back and I'm like, it, is this a story? Have I changed this story? So like, you set him was, up. Was I not like maybe I wasn't? It didn't intentionally happen, but in my mind, I've made it intentional. Right. But I really do remember this trying was the plan. to get him in trouble. This was I don't the know plan. if I knew I would get the part, but I definitely wanted to get him in trouble. Well, I, it's. I think it maybe uh, depending on you know how ambitious you are. You know, I mean that could last a lifetime. Those. But tactics. I'm not ambitious at all anymore. <laughs> I have like all the all the, the all the drive is just sucked right out of me. Yeah. And now I like I'm not even competitive. So it's weird because I how was I so competitive then? But whatever. Why Why wouldn't you be? You were a kid and you wanted to do That's it. That's true. You know. So what well, you did commercials first? Yeah. Commercials, some TV yeah. stuff, voiceover, stuff like that. Yeah, and then with the fir- what the big break was the Adams Family. No, this movie I did called Mermaids with Cher. Oh yeah, yeah. How old were you? I was nine. I just watched a video of Cher singing "Satisfaction" by the Rolling Stones. Oh, it must wow. have been in the early seventies. She's she's fucking amazing. Amazing, and I have to say, one of the most incredible people still to this day that I've ever met. Like just a good person. Yeah. A good realistic practical like and like person. solid like solid. you know confident and yes. kind of like uh like totally her own thing yeah yeah it's kind of wild yeah she's amazing and amazing do you remember working with her when yes you were I worked with her i would go um she'd have me come over for sleepovers i would spend weekends at her house in malibu i mean she was just so lovely and when i was Doing the movie, what was amazing is that she not I wasn't just some kid that was like around. She yeah. saw me as a human being and was like, "Oh, you must be really confused about what's going on. Let me explain all this to you." <laughs> and she literally would explain everything to me, and, everything. Yeah. And if it was something she couldn't explain in front of people, she'd take me in her trailer and explain it to me. Yeah. Like she was amazing. Like and she, what? Like what are the? Well, about? there was this whole thing going on at one point where they were replacing the director. Yeah. And she didn't want me to feel worried or like there was stuff going on. And she was like, also, you're in this movie too. You should know what's happening. So she'd have production meetings in her trailer and I'd be, she'd hide me in the back so that I could hear what was going on, which was like amazing to do with a kid. Just be like, you're also an actor in this movie. You should know what's happening and here's what's going on. And sometimes she'd explain like if you didn't understand things in the scene or like. Yeah, like little things in the scene there. I was really confused about, uh, I remember people having to cry on camera and yeah. I was like how is that gonna happen yeah like, really did not because I had yeah. literally had no acting training at all you're so just she, going by instinct and she walked well I was just a kid they would yeah. like, say this line oh it sounds natural great yeah. get yeah. in here sure. you know so she um she sort of like walked me through different processes and her process and of was, crying yeah and it was really amazing did it work I I think so yeah I, yeah <laughs> I think so I'm not sure so is that how the 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 sort of process of you kind of putting some sort of craft together was just picking up other people 
other people's things. And I'd see someone do something and I'd be like, oh, that looks like that would really work. Really? I'm going to do that. Yeah. Just choices? Mm -hmm. I worked with this amazing actor, Scott Wilson, on Monster. And even though I was already 22, he did this incredible thing where he shook his hands out as he got more and more distressed. And just watching him do that made me feel distressed. Yeah. And so, like, I picked that up. I do that now when I need to start feeling distressed. Like, little. It's a tool. Yeah. I really like. I have just kind of cobbled together a whole thing. But you never like. But you never actually studied with anybody. No, I wanted to. Um, but at the time that I wanted to, uh, I I was sort of. Um, well, I was. Uh, I was told not to do it just in case somebody ruined what I was already good at, which I don't think was huh. really the intention. I think These were that, your people? I think at a certain point there was an idea of not having anyone get too much control over me. Oh, and that was when you were a kid? My 20s. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like, you just wrote out The Addams Family and uh, Casper with just, you know, just instinct. Just basics, but if you actually charm. watch Casper, I'm terrible in it. <laughs> I, it's people get so upset when I say that, but because I, I, I'm like, no, it's a it's a wonderful movie. I'm, I know you because it's a childhood treasure sure, for people. Sure, sure. But I am terrible in it. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why do you think that? Well, I was 13. Yeah, everything was changing. There was a lot going on in my my life. My, you know what I mean? Like I was 13. Yeah. Everything was very difficult. Yes. And I was just always annoyed, and I just don't think I tried very hard to tell you the truth. Oh, really? Yeah. You just uh, um, embarrassingly, I have autopiloted it. I don't think I tried as hard as maybe I should have. Huh? Well, I mean, I guess they're 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 like, and that didn't feed the character. Well, I mean, she is supposed to be like an obnoxious teen. But, yes. But there are times where, like I've seen it. I don't know why I saw it recently. Yeah. Um. No, because I was showing my son. And um, I remember just thinking, like, wow, that was not a good, no, not a believable line reading at all. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah. Just but no the, commitment, but, not a lot of commitment. Sure. But you were 13. <laughs> exactly. You give yourself a break. Exactly. And you were, I bastard out of Carolina. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a heavy. Yeah. I like had one scene and oh. I came to do it because Angelica Houston was directing it and yeah, she and asked me to come. Oh, because you were with her in the Amazon. A cameo. Yeah. How was yeah. she as a director? She was amazing. She was wonderful to work with. I mean, Angelica, again, much like Cher, was somebody who was just so, um, just really included me as a child and was interested in speaking to me and taught me things and, you know, different things than Cher. She was a different person, different kind of actress, Uh um, interested in different aspects of being an actress, which I also thought was really interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. Like what? Well, just like different things. Like Angelica taught me about photo kills. Yeah. I, Cher had never, ever mentioned photo kills. I don't even know what it is. I'd never seen her do any in her trailer. But we used to have to sit there with, um, it was from the the stills photographer. Okay. And you'd sit there with contact sheet and a wax pen and a light box. And you'd cross out physically your kills. Oh, oh. Because you're allowed like 70% approval uh, or something uh, like that uh, or whatever it. percentage right, right. for but the like, promo that stuff. kind of thing i've yeah. never seen that and like the sort of things that angelica had to wear versus what sharon had to wear and the way she got ready in the morning versus the way she, like it was just interesting especially as a little girl watching women yeah. in my profession yeah and the different ways in which they were professional yeah, yeah. 
Wow. So what, what? how were your parents dealing with this? My mom was with me um, when I traveled. Always. always? Yeah. And she was great. Actually, a lot of the reason why I was successful early on was because my mother was so professional. Because they would not cast children who had difficult parents. And my mom was like a great uh, like person to work with. Yeah? Yeah. Because she kind of knew. She was very... Pra- my mom is very, you know, practical and um, was just was great at how my behavior should be on yeah. set. Right. And, and your dad was out of the picture? No, my dad was um, was back at home with the other kids. Yeah. yeah. Did they stay together? They did not. They were divorced when I was 13. Oh, so that's the Casper problem. <laughs> <laughs> Although I was thrilled. We were all thrilled when they finally got Oh, divorced. really? Yeah. It was one of those situations. Where all the kids yeah. were like, when is it going to? Well, yeah, exactly. Because it was just terrible? Yeah, it was not a good house. Oh. No. What, yelling? Yeah, and my dad had been a primal scream therapist. What? Who developed a bit of a cult following. So you can imagine that sort of personality with four children. So is this something he did later in his career, the primal scream thing? this was early. Oh, so it was before you made the run for Montauk? It was before he formed a business with people who were in his primal scream therapy group, and then surprisingly, amazingly, I can't believe it, everything went nuts. So he's a, a primal scream therapist. Yeah, like a, like, and that's a licensed therapist. No, <laughs> no, it is not. Especially in different states. Oh my god! So was he a screaming person? Oh yeah. So it didn't. So did he just rationalize that as like this is how you're supposed to express yourself? Yes, because depression was anger towards turned, turned inward. inwards. Right. So if you don't get it out. Yeah, you you might, you might accidentally just get depressed, get quiet and sad. Oh, instead so, of screaming at someone, right. God forbid, yeah. we get quiet and sad instead of screaming at people. Instead of <laughs> making was, everyone he'd sad, at, he'd yell that sometimes, and I'd be like, I mean, I feel like it'd be better if we were all just in our beds. Yeah, right. Like if we were not yelling at each other. <laughs> but so that's like it's that's its own fucking nightmare, right? It's yeah, not- but it's also kind of funny. Because after like the legitimate business kind of when we yeah. left, and yeah. he would sometimes do group therapy in the basement of the house we were living in. <laughs> yeah. So like everyone would have to go to bed at like nine. Right. And then, and then the people would start coming and you'd hear them like million downstairs and yeah. go down to the basement. Yeah. And he had attempted to quote unquote soundproof sure. the basement, but sure. really all he did was like tape some thick thing to the, the <laughs> basement door, completely right. forgetting about the vents in the house. Sure. So... At like around nine thirty, I'd start hearing like, um, "I hate him." <laughs> Why? Because he's an asshole. Why is he an asshole? Because he's a fucking motherfucking asshole. <laughs> and so, and then in the morning, I'd come down. My mother would be like sitting there drinking her coffee, and I'd start going, "I fucking hate you." <laughs> and she, we would do like a whole funny imitate. I would imitate, yeah, imitate it the, in the morning. The, the, the patients <laughs> in the basement. Mm-hmm. And that was like like four or five people yelling. It'd be like six or seven. They would seem like a lot more people than four or five. Oh my god! And they would go through like role playing. Yeah. Like, tell me what he did right, right. that you hate so much. Well, you fucked my mother. Wow. Like shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you got a real education from yelling people in the basement. Yeah, and surprisingly, we all like me and my mom. And my we all thought it was funny. Well, I think you would have to. You have I, I, to. You yes. know, you have enough distance from it to think it's funny. <laughs> it's too ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. But but your dad just screamed and yelled, but he wasn't boozy or anything? Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, yeah. You know. It all goes together, huh? I guess. So, 
But that, so that was the relief for them getting sick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was, um, yeah, very uh, controlling and dominant and wanted followers and a narcissist and all that fun stuff. Wow. You know, so he was like a person who wants to cultivate a cult is oh, pretty he, much that was a, his plan. a narcissist. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so people who are inspired by other cult leaders are are not healthy. Oh, he had cult healthy. heroes. Well, I don't know, but right. ultimately, what happened? You know. And my mom has to. My mom actually met him because she was his one of his clients. So she's described the first time she went to one of the sessions. And yeah. It sounds pretty culty to me. Oh, did he so, ever succeed in in amassing? A, he had a mini cult. He yep. did. Uh huh. It was it was a mini one. Mini like <laughs> what? Twelve people. I think probably like. Four thirty. Really? Maybe they used to have parties at the house, and he would later then criticize their behavior. I uh, to them or to you guys? To them. Oh, really? He'd like tell them things so they just, needed to work on socially. He brain fucked them. <laughs> <laughs> he made them dependent. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so that uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming it didn't over end well ultimately for that guy. I mean, those ty- types of things never seem to. No. End well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, narcissism is one thing, but Jesus, the extended narcissism that involves mm-hmm. involves everyone else. Yes. So, like, what did you find that coming out of that you had to? What did it leave you with that you had to like excise from your being? Yeah, I um well, yeah, I had a lot of trouble. I have a lot of trouble with um being overly compassionate and empathetic and not seeing I, I sort of that whole like that whole myth of like people who are hurt mm. hurt sub- people hurt. hurt yes, hurt but, people but hurt meaning people. that like if you're just really nice to them, they won't you know like uh, just right. being really nice to the dog right. that sure. actually bites everybody and sure, just sure. cuz you're nice to that dog that dog's still going to bite you type of and, thing and, but with people but with people sorry <laughs> <laughs> yes it's a metaphor yeah, no i get it <laughs> i know to stay away from the actual t- dogs yeah 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 <laughs> well yeah because they you know they're limited in their capacity to charm exactly exactly <laughs> yeah so i had to sort of Boundaries, huh? Yeah, and just I think that when your father is somebody like that, you well for me, yeah, it was difficult for me to not love that person. Well, that's a trick, right? And that's the problem is yeah. that then when you see people who exhibit similar behavior, it triggers a similar kind sure. of like empathy and compassion, right? And maybe guilt that you feel for the per- for your parent that yeah, can yeah. fix their life, yeah, all that stuff. And it can leave you a little bit exposed. So I had to sort of learn to correct all that stuff, yeah, which I'm to, still not great at. So I'm actually just very protective about who I'm around. Right. I mean, <laughs> like I know. Like if I sense things from some, somebody, I just won't talk to them again because I feel very um, vulnerable. Sure. I, I mean, they may not know that. No, exactly. But, but like, and it's, it's weird about... Uh, uh, you know, I used to do bits about it, about psychic vampires, like, and how they exist, and but they don't know they're that. No. So you sort of got to like, I'm sorry, I just can never talk to you again. You seem to need way <laughs> too much specific attention. Yeah, and the, the whole boundaries <laughs> thing. Yeah. Yes. Because when you have volatile, my dad was uh, fairly narcissistic, and, and he was a doctor, but he's not a cult guy. But they're volatile. You don't know what the fuck's going to happen, and then you you got it in your head that you love them, and then if something is wrong between you and them, you blame yourself. And you build this other parent inside your head that's like, oh, you're terrible, you're awful. And then you grow a dependency on these lunatics. It, yeah. it takes a long time to, 
exercise that shit. It really does. And I don't know that you ever actually are able to. Yeah, I know. I I think that I've learned just like coping. I think the best thing I've been able to do is recognize that I have (laughs) that I that I need to protect myself. Yes. From how vulnerable I am to certain kinds of manipulation. I know it's like but when you have the crazy parent or the abusive one, the emotionally abusive one, you're vulnerable to the the worst fucking people. Yes. And that's the problem. (laughs) And and you like them. You're like, wow, that person seems exciting. They feel familiar. Oh, my yeah. God. And now I got to get it. Yeah, I, I've been in a situation with you know, people, with women, like a borderline personality. It's sort of like, she was so exciting uh, right up until I got the restraining order. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. No, I know. And it, But like, and no one can tell you different. Like, you, you know, you have people in your life that should have been like, you know, we knew she was like, well, then why didn't someone say anything? I know. Like, and you feel like... Some of us need electric shock therapy. <laughs> I know. I was or just sh- like the collar. So when you're like... <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Anyway, yeah. so we're, we're doing better? I feel, yeah. And I feel like you have to yeah. be burned like that a couple, a couple times. A couple times, <laughs> not just once. It has to escalate. Yeah. Each one has yeah. to get pro- progressively worse until right. you're finally like, oh, and now... Right, right. Now like I can sense those people and I literally feel repelled. So that's good. I know. I, you know, I, I, I think I finally crossed that threshold. You, 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 you know, like after two, I think categorically borderline people, like uh, another one came at me, and initially I was like, "Ooh, this is exciting," and then like it just something was set, just like one sentence. I'm like, "Oh my god, no! This is this is gonna this is how this is gonna go." I know exactly what's going to happen. But did you react to that? Did you get up I and did. leave? I did. Good. Because I've had that moment, and then the other part of me who's across the room is like, yeah, but let's see what happens. Sure, yeah. So, kind of exciting. Is this really going on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they seem fun. You know? Wait, is this really going on right now? <laughs> I, I have to see how this ends. <laughs> but no, but, but it, it, here's the fucked up thing, though, if you want me to be honest, is like, yeah, I was able to see it and then just say, look, I can't. We can't have lunch. I don't want. And this was during COVID. We were going to have lunch or something mm-hmm. because we were, it was all texting. Mm-hmm. And she kind of knew friends that I knew, yeah, you yeah. know, common friends and stuff. So I'm like, all right, she's got to be okay. And then it just happened. I'm like, I can't, I can't do anything. I can't talk to you. It's like the, you know, I've had, you know, I'm in recovery. This, that, okay. So that, so and she, and then she sent me like a barrage of the most abusive shit that I've ever seen in my life. And I barely knew her, but I was like, wow. So yeah, so she really helped you. Right, and then I took it. Blocker. (laughs) But that's it, right? So I put all those texts on my screen. Perfect. So I wouldn't. I You're, used to be someone who deleted the crazy text because I just didn't want to. I would be like, "Oh, well, that was that's really unpleasant. Let's just pretend that didn't happen." Keep oh, really? Going. I oh, save yeah. them in case something horrible happens. Well, now <laughs> I have learned to do that. Yeah. But in the past, I'd be like, "Oh, I don't want this. I don't want right, this get on my it out phone. Of here. Delete it." Well, here's the the fucked up part of the story: is a year later, she's like, "Hey, what's up?" And I'm like, "Not much." And, no. Uh, yeah, and I and I got sucked back in for just for a minute. <sighs> okay. Good. And then it got terrible. It yeah. got very terrible very quickly, and it seems to be okay now. I'm always grateful now. Like for the, I, I feel like in life you should be grateful for the ones that reveal themselves really fast. Yes. As long as you can listen to it and know what it is and get away from it, which that's the hard part. It, but you, but you, I don't know that everybody knows what you feel because it's a type of empath. It's not. I don't think it's a broad empathy, but you are empathetic for the type of person that most people are like, no. Yes, they have a natural, I'm not talking to you too. I know I was trying to explain this to somebody else, yeah. but it's, it's our responses that keep the thing going. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, it, the it, response that we have from, obviously... 
yeah. childhood. Right. Yeah. And it's immediately now as you get hip to it, it's immediately terrifying. Yes. Like I've never like as soon as it happens, you're like, I'm already fu- I'm already in trouble. Yeah. And I, I find that not only in romantic relationships yeah. will Friend- things oh, yeah. like that Friends, happen. Of course. And I yeah, dynamics at work, all that stuff. Yeah. And it is really it's really interesting. I've learned to just be someone who's very removed yeah. for the most part. And did you like, because I still have, like I get, like I have a, a, a way of existing in the world, but like I get very consumed with dread and, and panic about just about shit, about people and like. Yep. I have a really hard time. I, yeah. I mean, this sounds really crazy. I yeah. know I sound like a crazy lady when I say Not this, but I have a really hard time. Like my, I will just joke with my husband yeah. and my friends and just like after a day of day of anything like yeah. oh just too much humanity too much <sighs> yeah. driving around in the streets and seeing homeless people and and seeing people so miserable everywhere you go all the time and then thinking about I think about my own death quite a bit I think about do you, you know yes what the point of my life like all these existential things yeah. that are supposed to be like young person musings like I'm still obsessed with yeah and it really as you walk through life, it really at the just, you just feel like you're underwater. Sometimes I agree, yeah. it's a lot, and the empathy can be a lot because if you are very empathetic, yeah, uh, too many people and too right. much they get misery in there, and, they, yeah. they climb inside, and yeah. like for and me, you can't like, even escape it now. No, 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 you can't. And for me, like you know, where it really kills me is animals. Yes, like, I if can't. I, if I hear about animals, like you know, hurting. children and animals, I can't. Nope. So it, it's like it, that's gotten really worse. The, yeah. the animal thing. If I read a thing about, like, there was some story today about a whale who jumped on a boat. I'm like, I can't even look at it. I don't know why he did it, but it couldn't have been a good for reason. No, it's just sad. It's so sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I still eat a hamburger. I know. Well, that's the thing. I really <laughs> love animals, but yes, I, I still. Yeah, it's starting to bother me kinds, a little bit. Yes, it, it's, it's a tough thing. I know. You know, because we detach from that. Yeah, that sort of like industry of pain, but 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 the other thing about about with with the people and, and what you're talking about, like the thinking about your own death and stuff, like I don't, it's it's very hard to compartmentalize all that stuff, and you know it's going on inside you, but you just got to be out in the world, yeah. sort of like, hey, how's it you going? Keep and, going. Like, and just, <laughs> oh my god, I used when my son was two or three, um, we'd be like getting ready for school or something, he'd start like. I don't want to. I feel yeah. this. I don't want. And I would say to him, sometimes we just have to do, not feel. It's not time That's to it. feel. It's time to do. And we can remember everything we felt and we'll talk about it later. Right. The act, of, act as if. Yeah. Right. And I feel like that's a lot of life right now. It's just like, all right, we're going to go do this. We have and to. And then afterwards, I'm going to feel stuff. <laughs> yeah. Do you, get, you have, do you get depressed or just like I don't. Weird, I have really horrible sad. anxiety. <sighs> yeah. How does it manifest itself? Dread. I get uh, dread. I'm like a hi- hypervigilance. Mm. Is I I'm I, and a lot of I have a lot of dread as well. Just but like for everything. I, by com- I try to combat that by being like overprepared for everything. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that work out? I mean, I'm 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 usually not late for stuff. I usually yeah, book yeah. things months in advance. Yeah, yeah. I usually at least have a little bit of conversation prepared before I get to a place. Oh, so like, it's like a control thing. Yeah. Right. Like you feel unprepared. That, then I don't have to freak about that. Yeah, it's just too much. Ca- I feel constant yeah, yeah, chaos yeah. swirling around me, even yeah, when yeah. there's nothing going on. <laughs> that, well, that's from people screaming in yes. the basement. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> from never knowing what to expect. 
Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. The chaos. Like either you go either way. It seems when you have that kind of upbringing, either you become the control person or you become a chaotic fucking mess. Yeah, and I'm gonna like a mix of both. To say oh, truth. really? Yeah. <laughs> you go in and, and I out. think that's why. It's like I know I can be such a chaotic mess. Yes. That I know if I'm not vigilant. Yes. It's all gonna just. How did that manifest itself in your life? Chaotic mess. At what point? I was just like a wild animal in my early twenties, late teens, early twenties. Like now, literally a feral creature. Really? Was the transition like? Was it because of the 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 transition from child acting? I to... think so. I think that probably all of the pressure and anxiety, yeah, and weight of the realizations of being a young person and all of that stuff together, I think, was so much that I couldn't stand to actually worry about it or feel it. So I just went, was you like, just snapped a little? I'm going to be punk rock and I'm going to be nuts. When did that start? Like when I was like 16. Oh yeah. And then and, and then there was scrutiny on you as an actress because the people were probably like, what's she going to do now? I guess so. I mean, people, I have, I had a very, um, I, 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 bec- I had a very uh, unpleasant way of being interviewed when I was younger, which made me sort of popular in terms of like, oh, she's going to say crazy stuff. Let's oh. <laughs> put her in more outlets. Let's make more opportunities for this young woman to completely embarrass herself with, in with, perpetuity. With the struggling because, young woman who's yeah, having a hard time. Yeah, because the internet is just starting. So, you know, let's like make sure she remembers this the rest of her life. <laughs> like, what, like, what were you, like, I what just you said were just... crazy, dumb things. Oh, you did? Yeah. Like. On purpose or you just I, you know, had I would no talk. Control? Yes. Because I also had that attitude of like, I'm 18. Yeah. I didn't even go to college. Yeah. Why are you asking me what I think about anything? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you're not allowed yeah. to say that to people. Yeah. So instead, I would just say really like sarcastic, uh-huh. or shocking, oh, yeah. or right. dumb things. Uh-huh. Dumb. So, yeah. There and you was got a, a reputation? A little bit. But but ultimately, like once you got into your late teens, you did feel like you were, you were kind of out of control? Yeah. Yeah. What, like with what? Like booze? Well, just everything. Like yeah. I was always late for everything, oh, really? and I yeah. I couldn't sometimes make it to things purely from like social anxiety or being overwhelmed. Yeah, or, um, I wouldn't be prepared for work. Really, or, not in a way that I think other people right. noticed. Right, but, like but I for felt you. it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I did. I like we. I went, you know, and we. They were we'd go on these trips, and yeah. then there'd be partying, and then right. like or like and really fun experiences too, where you're yeah. like on location in sure. some motel, like in the middle of the desert, and like everyone's just partying the whole time right. and working, and that's yeah. fine when you're 17. I guess but, I don't know how people do it. Well, I could do it then. Yeah. Um, but I just it took me so long to like parent myself into like a functioning adult yeah. that because I finally did it now I think from then on I've been vigilant about like this is never I, I'm never gonna fall back into chaos again did you find you had to like because I'm hung up on you know sort of what I was talking about before a little bit that you know that there's some some part like if you had weird parents or one there's some part of you that blames yourself when you're young so the sort of inner parent that you put in place is a judgmental one did you find that you had to re- like replace the inner parent in yourself I mean, I still haven't. She's not that nice to me, uh, but oh, really? um, oh, but yeah. I sometimes feel like it's good. Yeah. <laughs> like I I do need a kick in the pants every once yeah. in a while, a rough hand. <laughs> so, what do you think? Like in terms of the your crazier times, where you were at at your most sort of like out of control, what movies that you did that you did represent that time? Um, well, I don't think you could ever tell in my movies, but I guess the most chaotic and emotionally out of control, all that stuff I was, was when I was making Prozac Nation, this movie. Oh, yeah. Based on that book. Yeah. And um, I didn't really 
having not had any acting training, really, yeah. and not really, I've never been a person that seeks advice from people. Yeah. Or wants, I've, I just have never been someone that looked for guidance. Yeah. So I just decided to do this really difficult emotional piece, like completely on my own. Yeah. And I had seen other actors right. do things. And I had seen a lot of, I'd worked with a lot of male actors that were like, you do whatever you have to do yeah. for the scene. Right. And okay. So, so you knew the myth of the method. And I And so I was just like, great, I was going to get in there and do that. And it was really tough to recover from. Really? <laughs> yes. Like what part so of it? Dumb. What, what, like Well, what? I think if you're a person who has... A complicated emotional history. Yeah. Um, if you spent every day in a really deep, like depressive, upset, oh, yeah. crying state, and you never, and you're so like into it, that, yeah. Like you stay with it at nighttime, and oh, the, they, you did that whole thing. Yeah. I, you were able to do that. Like right. you, 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 you were able to tell yourself to do that. Yeah, to stay a bit like a wow. total wreck the whole so, time. And so then it was difficult to get out of that because you've trained your you've told your brain to do this thing. So oh, it's wow. doing it. I imagine then, that that trained actors who do that particular thing have that experience as well. Well, I've, and I mean, I think that's a, another actor would have warned me not to do it that way or to at least come out of it at nighttime or make sure, sure that you're sure. doing something at night and I just didn't know. I oh, just wow. had no idea so I so just went for it. So it stuck a little bit. Yeah, so it took me a little while to recover, a couple months. Huh. So do you feel like now That was the absolute last time that I f have felt that chaos. Uh-huh. And it, it, maybe you purged it a little. Yeah, and I think the recovery from it actually taught I had to learn how to be an adult while recovering from that right you know to put structure in my day and uh take care of myself and all the things that like you learn just by so that was like sort of your bottom i guess because like you did so many movies between you know like, oh yeah i was always working there was yeah. never a problem now by the time you get to monster i can't imagine what that set was like and 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 that was like charlie's i think everybody was like what the fuck yeah. And you were like amazing, but like in talking to you now, you were kind of emotionally prepared for that role. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. To be codependent to mm -hmm. somebody that dangerous. And manipulative. And yeah, I've always really been very obsessed with the, man the more manipulative characters, I guess, from my childhood and uh -huh. everything. Um, but yeah, I felt I really loved that character because I felt like I was exploring something that I hadn't understood in my life. Yeah, so, what specifically? Just uh, people who were capable of both, that, you know, really uh, uh, using and abusing somebody, but through their own version of what they feel is love. You know what I mean? Right, she, right. And this cowardice, this idea of cowardice and survival. Yeah. And, you know, how some people, no matter what, are still scared animals. Yeah. And um, so, and also denial, right? And denial, denial is a huge part of being able to function for certain people, right? Um, so that was interesting for me to play that part, and um, and that set actually was amazing, really, because Patty Jenkins, the director, was so incredible, and Charlize was so incredible, and I think because the material was so dark, yeah, our natural um, defense against it, we just laughed. Charlize yeah. and I would crack up, giggle until Patty called action. Really? For even the darkest things. Huh. Because I it kind of humanized can't live it. Live in that Sure, stuff. but also I imagine that just, you know, out of self-protection exactly. humanize those characters, which was the whole trick of that movie was to make that monster a person. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I imagine you two laughing between it must have informed something. Yeah, it probably also brought, you know, it, our connection. Yeah. You could see and yeah. What was it like to act with her? What was her, did you pick things up from her? Yeah, I mean, Charlize was so dedicated and um, so in that character all the time. And I was really, I think at that age, really um, inspired by seeing somebody who was that committed and um, somebody so known for their beauty kind of being willing to yeah. to throw it away, to completely eschew any vanity. Yeah. And, and vulnerability of that. Per- yes. Yeah. And inhabit this person and... Um, yeah, I was really, it, it was, and I, I know it sounds like the wrong word to yeah. say because it sounds belittling in some way, mm. but I was so enamored and charmed with her passion and commitment yeah, yeah, and yeah. complete immersion. Yeah. Um, it just made me love her so much. Yeah. Are you guys buddies? No, we're not really still in touch. Although when I got my Emmy nomination, she was the first person to send me a congratulatory gift. And it was a houseplant because Mm. I used to always say I was botanophobic. Yeah. So she sent me an indoor indoor plant. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Because you kill plants or why are you botanophobic? I don't know. I don't like the idea of bringing in dirt into the house on purpose. It, wow. Okay. And That's I don't like ferns. Specific. I don't like ferns because they have spores, mm. which I feel like is a little rapey. <laughs> <laughs> so you no shoes in your house, I'm assuming. No, I wear shoes. In the house. I know, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> but don't bring dirt into the house on purpose. Do you have pets? Mm-hmm. What do you got? I have two dogs. We have two dogs and oh well, two dogs. A co-chair on a dog with yeah. my mother yeah, and a cat. Okay. So what, um, like when you look back on you know, like the process now in, in like in, in everything you've learned and been through in the acting, because like I think this role on Yellow Jackets is really great work. I mean, I feel like you. you did great work. Thank you. You know, like it looks like you really put something together that's not, you know, it's it's organic yet very defined and quirky and Well, that's the thing. I always wanted her to feel like somebody you might have had contact with at some point in your life. Sure. But that, and that person that you're sort of like, oh, what a weirdo. I wonder what it'd be like to go home with that person. Like, and that's, this is what she's like. This I just is think, what that person's right. like. Right. There's so, there, there, like, it's like, you look surprised when I said there's comedic beats between you and, and Juliet. But no, no, I'm not surprised. Uh, I, um. I mean, come on, that scene. I am difficult with comedy oh. <laughs> because I think I get so enmeshed with the character that yeah. then I feel defensive for the character. Oh, oh right, right, Like right. she's being laughed at. Right. So sometimes, like the whole time we were making doing making the show, the whole season, people would be like, you're so funny, you're so funny. And I'm just like, ah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you were, it it just, probably made the character better. Well, I mean, it, I do have a problem where sometimes I make choices from the ego of the character and I have to be very aware of this. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So, but like that, but that scene where you finally get that guy to come home with you and she's sitting there with the gun. Yeah. That, that moment where he's like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was hilarious. Yeah. We, we had a really good time. There's stuff that's cut out that's funny. Like when she, uh, when she discovers her boyfriend dead, she, in the crying scene, we shot a lot more of it. And one in a number of the takes, she would like hit me. And so that I would hit her back. Yeah. And it turned into this like really funny, weird sister thing yeah. that I think informed a lot of stuff that came after. It's just so, it's so wild because she is so weird and raw just by nature. Mm-hmm. And you're like 
just like so control it's so you guys should do a spinoff it is funny because she is in real life i guess we are a bit like that too like she's much more um yeah much wilder than me just in personality not like i don't know how to describe it freer yeah freer looser more reactive and i and myself am way more contained so yeah i guess that dynamic did really come from life yeah that's why it works that's why it felt human to me you know the emotional dynamic yeah. between you two is genuine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you you know because like stuff happens in the show, and I think with all those shows, where you're like, how did her face heal so quickly? <laughs> you know, like. Yes. <laughs> I mean, there's no that's way. A, that's my job at any set, by the way. I am the party pooper. I'll be oh, like, yeah. it would never look like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would never look like that. Or like, but like, it's like, how did that? That's, guy... n- that's not how things break. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> hey, just so you know, that last take, you were totally doing it wrong. <laughs> You got to keep that in your head. Or you, you don't I'm just kidding. I will do. I mean, I do it as a joke, but I don't actually do that right. to actors. I, I I like that the the casual approach to all the gore and blood and shit. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, the sort of matter of fact of it all. Yeah, it makes it uh, so much stronger. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you look back on the whole stretch of everything, what's it, like some of the the movies or stuff you're most proud of? Like for you, Casper's not one of them. Monster. <laughs> I <is>. mean. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I do I am proud of Casper for yeah. for what it means to some sure to quite sure a few but people. you're just not happy with yourself. My, I was ter- I was not very good. Okay. Um, I really like I did this movie called The Ice Storm with Ang Lee. That's that the best movie. Was it's really a beautiful beautiful movie and I remember seeing it at Lincoln Center and being and crying and being really proud of myself and I don't think I had felt like that ever yeah. before that yeah. premiere. So that movie I was really I still am really proud of. Um, I think it's a like a, I think it's an undercelebrated movie. Yeah, like I agree. It, like the the poetry of the thing is just incredible. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And that generation of parents, the worst. <laughs> then that's like those are the ones. Do you, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yep, it's them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're the ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that one I feel really proud of, and um, uh, I don't know. I'm really proud. I'm actually really proud of of Misty Yellow Jacket. Yeah. In a way that I haven't really been proud of anything, I don't think, ever before. Because I feel like it's the first time I've sort of maturely and without all of, like, unnecessary turmoil created something. Yeah. You know, with other people, obviously. You know, the writers ultimately create the character. Right, right. But I feel like... It's the first time that from a very calm and present, mature place and with as little ego as I could manage, yeah. made something that that I, I feel really good about. Yeah. No, it's great. So that's great and new. And I know I'm old to have that experience for the first time. No, but, are you kidding? But no. still. It's great. Like, yeah, you, you know, you've got it together enough to appreciate the, and you don't. You didn't have to take any massive risks. No, and with it was your... calm. There was yeah. no drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, there was no drama about yeah. creating this character. It yeah. was simply like being a person with a brain and yeah. emotion and <laughs> skill. Yeah. Like instead of like all the other things that have just you're like, why was that so difficult? Why? Why were things so difficult? They are until but, they aren't. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. But uh, great job. Great talking to you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. That was pleasant. Again, Christina is nominated for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Drama Series at the Emmys. Yellow Jackets is on Showtime On Demand now. You can watch the entire first season. Uh, yeah. Hang out for a second, will you? Just stay there. One sec. 
So, look, on Thursday, I talked to Gerard Carmichael. This is his second appearance. We seem to be doing that now. There's some people I haven't talked to in over a decade. Uh, if you want to hear his first appearance from 2015, it's now available in the free podcast feed. Wherever you're listening to this, you can go back to episode 631 and check out his first appearance. Folks with WTF Plus subscriptions can listen to it ad-free. Get that by going to the link in the episode description. With Gerard, a lot has changed for the guy since he was on. He directed his first movie. He has an Emmy-nominated stand-up special. He hosted SNL. And on the personal front, he came out. So lots to talk about. I'm in Lincoln, Nebraska at the Rococo Theater on August 18th. Des Moines, Iowa at the Hoyt Sherman Place on August 19th. And Iowa City, Iowa at the Inglert Theater on August 20th. I'm in Tucson, Arizona at the Rialto Theater on September 16th. Phoenix, Arizona at Stand Up Live on September 17th. Boulder, Colorado at the Boulder Theater on September 22nd. Fort Collins, Colorado at the Lincoln Center on September 23rd. And Toronto, Ontario at the Queen Elizabeth Theater on September 30th and October 1st. London, England and Dublin, Ireland. I'll be coming to you in October. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I have new dates for November and December in Oklahoma City, Dallas, San Antonio, Houston, Eugene, Oregon, Bend, Oregon, Asheville, North Carolina and Nashville, Tennessee. Go to WTFPod.com slash tour for all dates and ticket info. And now, like, I, I'm, I'm finding a tone, man. Here it is.
Boomer lives. Monkey. LaFonda. Cat angels everywhere. All right, all right, all right. <laughs>